Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 119. I caught up with Sarah Bradley. Uh, She's a friend. She's uh, known to you, no doubt, as, I guess, a broadcaster, a journalist. She uh, is probably best known in New Zealand, really, for being the host for many years of the Good Morning Show. And that's how I met her. I worked with her. Um, Although, as, as I point out in the podcast, I didn't actually work with her on the show a lot. I mostly worked with Brendan Pongia, the co-host. I did the music reviews there for years and I was there before they were the hosts of the show. Um, but Sarah is someone I, I got on with instantly. We spent a lot of time chatting in the in the makeup chairs and in the green room and, and you know, we'd see her out at functions and gigs and stuff. And uh, I've told this story a few times on the podcast, I know, and in other writing. She, uh, she very kindly one day said, Oh, I've got to interview the lead singer of Deep Purple. Do you want to just come out early and, and be on the show and do it? So I found myself on live TV interviewing a guy I'd been listening to, you know, since I was a kid and I was a huge, he was a huge hero of mine. So I've always uh, thought, you know, that was always been a very special thing in my in my kind of sideline career of doing these things that I do. So, um, yeah, so we talked about all of that sort of stuff in this in this podcast. She was in in town just for a night and um and was staying in a hotel room in town and said, "Come on down and we'll have a quick chat before she had to go out." So we sort of tried to squeeze in as much as we could about her life and the things that she've do- she's done, um, which includes all sorts of things from you know musicals and singing and uh, acting to to actual live cross in the thick of it, news journalism around the world. She did a lot of work in America. Um, and she still continues to to study. She's done magazine editing. Again, I worked with her in that capacity. She was a, an editor for a, a magazine and I was doing book reviews for the magazine. So we had a big old chat about all of these sorts of things and, and, and a bit of a laugh about a few things. And I, I, I learned a whole lot about Sarah that I didn't know. And we reminisced about some, some cool stuff. And there's um, some really fond memories of the Good Morning TV show and uh, which which meant a lot to, to really to everyone that was involved in the show and, and I know it had its fans because it lasted for a long time. Um, so this was a lot of fun for me and I hope you'll enjoy this getting to hear more about Sarah and more about the stuff that she's done on either side of the Good Morning TV show. So this is me having a, a catch up and a chat with Sarah Bradley. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. So I can't. I'm terrible with dates, but you. I met you because you're a host of Good Morning, and I was already working there. I was already doing the. I think I'd started like the year before. Because I started in 2006. Yeah, I reckon I did. I think 05 might have been, mm-hmm. or 04, something right. like that. So okay. I think it was because they had this run of like. Three or four, they couldn't get the right host, could they? They they got someone and they, they couldn't. Found me and Brendan. Exactly. They well, they they, they, they could. That, that was it though. They couldn't yeah. replace um, Mary, Mary because well, they did, and then people kept going. I don't want to live in Wellington. Yeah. Because they kept getting people from Auckland to move to Wellington, and they lasted for two or three months. And, and so I, I think there were. Years. I think there were three people in one year. And that was the year I started. And then it was you guys. And you lasted eight years. Well, no, I la- well it was six did. years on the show and then yeah. I stayed another two years. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. So so we'll get back to that and we'll right. talk a little bit about Good Morning. But And I know a little bit about what you've done before that. But I want to know, I guess, yeah, more about... Because, you know, we used to chat. Yeah. And we know each other online after. And I know a little bit about the comings and goings of your life. But um, I, th- I feel like... Like, lots of people obviously know that you have a journalism and a broadcast background, mm-hmm. but then there's probably loads of people that 
listening to this, they go, oh, Sarah Bradley, and their reference point is Good Morning. Yeah. And they probably think, oh, TV host. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's it, and they don't realise that you've got quite an extensive um, news background and broadcasting mm. background, as well as mm. singing and other performance and other things. Mm. So you grew up in Auckland? Grew up in Auckland and Wellington yeah, and Glasgow. Yes. Those were the three places I spent my childhood. Is this because of your father's Father being work? in the Navy. Yep. So we got, and also Portsmouth in, in the UK as well. Yeah. So he would be transferred. So I went to primary school in Lowry Bay at Murat High School, and then Auckland for most of my, the rest of my childhood, mm. and all the way up to university where I went to Waikato. Now he, not only was he well known, but he had a job that not a lot of people's dads or mums have. Yeah. When did that, you know, I mean, apart from moving around, when did that sort of really sink in for you that, oh, dad's got a different job? Yeah, that he's got a job. Well, he was always larger than life, and so we always knew that he was a, a really special sort of parent, not just because, you know, because of what he did, but just his enormous personality. And so I guess I knew probably from about 10 years old that he was something special and mm. he you know but we we grew up in Devonport where so many people were had parents in the name special. no it's <laughs> 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 it much it's much worse now i think yeah. but um <laughs> then it was we had like a tin shed for a ferry building and it was not poncy at all when mm. i grew up in Devonport now it's like you can't mm-hmm. afford everything's like 2 million dollars all the houses but um i had a lot of friends whose uh, parents were in the navy or fathers were in the navy um, so, but probably about ten, I realised that I had a, an interesting father, to yeah. say the least. And the, it, but, but our, my parents split up when I was about eleven. Right. And yeah. so I, my mother brought me up. Right. And he, you know, was often away at sea. Um, I did see him regularly, but my mother pretty much brought me up. Which would have made him perhaps seem even more <laughs> exotic uh, yeah 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 i guess like just you know mm. having these f- yeah. more fleeting actual connections with him and mm. then the job that he did and the type of mm. person he was mm. made it all seem that more special and and strange and but then of course you know gosh i must have been 16 i think when the scandal hit when he was demoted, yeah, and then he felt he had to leave the navy, uh, and he then took the navy to court. It was an mm. eight-year court battle, and he won. Yeah, um, that was a very stressful time. Very stressful time for him. His whole life was turned upside down. And mm. so that was, you know, I was just a teenager, but I remember going to court. And by then, it, it took eight years. I was working mm. at mm. IBM, my first job, and mm. I remember going to court and hearing one of the hilarious exchanges between the prosecution and him and it was Mr Bradley did you wear modern casual clothing <laughs> and his answer was I hope so because <laughs> it was not you know, it was not becoming of yeah. a, an officer to wear modern casual clothing and yeah. ride a bike so I mean you know there's this <laughs> all these years ago what did you I mean what did you get from him in terms of like I'm thinking maybe even in that that court case. I mean, he he really wanted to clear his name and prove yes. his his integrity, his credibility. Yes. That was what was on the line, right? And so he wanted to say, oh, "This is who I am, and I'm a strong person, and I'm not, you know." Well, he was a, a remarkable officer in the navy. He did some remarkable things. Some of them might 
people might have thought were slightly crazy. For example, on the way to the US, he felt that the watchmen weren't really keeping an eye on what was happening, so he decided he'd jump overboard. He did. <laughs> he jumped overboard the only per- to see if they'd notice. Right. They right. did not notice. This is a test. The test. He'd only told his <laughs> first lieutenant, mm. and luckily I think the first lieutenant, you know, did say, well, <clears throat> I think the captain might have jumped overboard. <laughs> we might better, we better go back and get him. Yeah. I think he jumped over with a, what do they call the lifesaver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that did not go down well, I don't think. But he did do some heroic things. He rescued this enormous helicopter that was running out of fuel and it landed on the tiny little frigate. A very dangerous manoeuvre, but he saved, like, I think there were 30 men on board or something, this mm. huge, I don't know what kind of helicopter it was. So a bit of a hero. He rescued a Russian seaman who was uh, very, very sick down in Antarctica. So, you know, he did, I think, he was ahead of his time, but he challenged the establishment. Mm, mm. And that's what I think, you know, they had an issue with. Mm. What did you get from your mum? My mother is, was a teacher. Um, I got, I learned how to spell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, hey, underrated skill. No, I'll tell you, I'm in an all serious. Made redundant by text messages (laughs) and Twitter. Yeah. I, I suppose the biggest thing that my mother did for me, I mean, first of all, she brought up two girls very much on her own mm. and while working full-time as a school teacher. Uh, and I suppose the most important thing is she taught me manners and she was very fussy about having uh, speaking nicely. So all, she and her seven, her six brothers and sisters all have very posh voices, and that was always important. But I mean, you know, maybe that's helped me in my broadcast career. Mm. Being, you know, being able to speak nicely that was important to her, and schoolwork very important that you studied hard and you finished school and you went to university. Mm. And mm. Now you went to university, you went mm. to um, Waikato. Mm-hmm. What sort of student were you like even before then? Were you a were you a Swatty nerd? Yeah, complete nerd. Yeah, yeah. loved school. Loved school. Was in a debating team, the school musicals. Yeah. Yeah, complete nerd. Yeah. Not popular at all. Wanted desperately to be popular, but wasn't. University, swatty bot. But, of course, that's when, you know, I was introduced to boys and to um, alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it, a, bit, it was usually, a bit more funny. Usually it's in the other order, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so university was probably a bit, you know, I was very innocent at high school, but yeah. university, that soon changed. But yeah. I loved university, best years of my life. Yeah. That, that, that first degree I did. I Even was, in Hamilton? Yeah, because there, the, <laughs> there was the Founders Theatre and I did Grease and yeah. I did, um, I performed in, uh, how does, yeah, no, that was at high school. What was the musical, the one, the Stephen Sondheim with the, the song, Lovely, all I am is lovely. Oh, I'm not a musical person. Oh. You are a musical no, person. Oh, not musicals. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, what's it called? Really How, oh, a funny thing happened on the oh, way right. to the forum. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, I was Philia. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got some knowledge of some of them, but then I'm not. I've never really made it to them. Okay. Musicals. They're not. Right. Yeah, Rocky so, Horror Show. Sure. Like, there's a few things, but you're not rushing to Broadway. Not really. No. No. No, okay. no. No. I mean, I. I. Res- I I'm sure if I went to a few mm. more, I'd like them. You know, yeah. I respect. People that, are, but I just never, t- I've never yet yeah. taken the deep dive. Mm-hmm. But when did you? I mean, when did you? Like, were you? A, would you say you're a born performer? Did you? Did you grow up with music and acting and things? Or oh, when, how absolutely. Did, how did you discover it? I, I just always knew I wanted to be on the stage, but and, and I did the school musicals and I, you know, played 
very badly the flute in the school orchestra and things like that. But my father said, you were not going, because I, he said, you were going to go and do a business degree. And, you, and so I went off dutifully, as he told me, and I did accounting and finance and economics and did a business degree at Waikato. Mm. And, and then I worked at IBM in marketing. I mean, I never, but I always, underneath it all, desperately wanted to be on the stage. <laughs> yeah. So I sort of reluctantly worked for nearly five years at IBM. My first job in marketing was really hard, very challenging, because it was just after the stock market crash. So I started in 88, and then they had this huge redundancy of, and they wanted to get rid of half of IBM employees around the world, and we got quite a significant payout. And so I went to New York. <laughs> so that was like I could t- I could follow my dream and pursue my dream and go and study musical theatre. So theater. that's why you went there, just to... To, like, to, to study musical theatre yeah. and become a star. Yeah, yeah. To to go to the biggest stage in the world, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And so, that, so the dream. So was, it was that cliche. It was. It that, really yeah, was. Yeah. The dream was, and I was twenty five then. So I went to performing arts school with kids much younger than me. And how close do you get to the dream straight away? Do you start off working in the kitchen of a diner with rats and all of that? Oh so you know, gosh. like, is I, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I didn't. I started off doing waitressing. And, you know, I'd worked at IBM and, and made good money and been quite successful. And then to go, it was the, of all the jobs I've done, it's the one job I was fired from. And the reason I was fired <laughs> was I cannot keep more than one thing in my head at, right, at, yeah. at once. So, so you were putting the wrong orders on the I wrong was just tables. In, it was, and it was the worst thing, it was this place called Josephina, and I don't think it's there anymore. It was by Lincoln Centre, and it was a... Was it pre-theatre was its specialty and I don't know how anyone could do it you'd have five tables of really pushy people who had to be at mm. 7.30 at the opera mm. and if you and I couldn't, like if someone said I want a Chardonnay and this was before computers so this was like, you had to write it down and then I'd forget that if he wanted a Chardonnay and the other, which one did and you had to, <laughs> and then the meal, oh it was just and it was quite an upmarket, it was a nightmare Yeah, I was just, a, I was a disaster yeah and it was and so depressing. So what? <laughs> when do you get somewhere towards your dream from there? Like, what, so, are, what are you what are you doing as well? Okay, you, so while I'm know? waitressing, I, then I started, so that wasn't working out, and I was desperately trying to get an agent. Uh, this is after I graduated, and then I um, ended up doing temping, so, to, you know, because you had to make money. Mm, mm. That's like doing reception work or whatever, you know, and I had, to, I remember I had to get tested on how fast I could type, which wasn't very. At this, at, at the same time, I'm trying to go to auditions, non-union auditions. I wasn't in any of the unions at that stage, and then I was doing quite a bit. Of, we had this really cool uh, organisation of Australian and New Zealand actors in New York, and we did like we set up, we did uh, voiceover tape, demo tapes to try and get mm. work with our accents. We'd do readings, you know, it was anything you could do. But my break came when I, and in retrospect now, and then becoming a union member of um, Actors' Equity and of SAG, this was training that one of the networks did because they were um, nervous that their cameramen, camera people were going to go on strike, and they hired actors to act as reporters... <laughs> To train the management how to shoot cameras, and that's what I—that's when—that's how I got into television. So I was hired to play a reporter, mm. 
in the with these um, in in New York City, and I and I thought to myself, oh, I like this. I like this <laughs> being out there on you know in front of the camera and and you know delivering news reports. Mm. And so I pitched myself to TV Three and said, would you like me to do some stories here? And so my first story I did for them was Once Were Warriors when it was when, uh, broadcast. Yeah. It was 1995. And then I, one of the most exciting things I did for TV3 was when Jim Bolger came for the 50th anniversary of the UN. And I just celebrated the 70th anniversary of the UN the mm. second time I worked in New York. So that's how old I am. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was the 50th anniversary of the UN. And Jim Bolger came, and it was just the most exciting day. We were just... uh, The the reason it was exciting is that Jacques Chirac was there, and we got this um, info that he was going to be at the Four Seasons Hotel. So this wasn't anything to do with Jim Bolger. So we... It was to do with New Zealand. So we all rushed with our camera people all the way to uh, the Four Seasons, and I yelled out to... Jacques Chirac, he didn't answer. Why are you bombing the South Pacific? Why are you <laughs> testing nuclear weapons? And it was on the news here, and there was just, it was just like this most <laughs> exciting, you know, time mm, to mm. you know to to have that opportunity. Mm. So that was amazing. And then I started working for Channel Seven Australia as a stringer, and I had some other really exciting assignments, including interviewing Al McPherson several times. And Alexander Downer, and you know, also, and Jeffrey Rush, and I got to do all sorts of really, you know, famous and, people. It was amazing. And is that all just like learning on the job for you? Like, yes, yeah, so I you wasn't know, trained. Like, no, no. So that's mm. what I'm thinking. Mm. Like, how do you get? I mean, obviously, you know, eight, however many years of doing it in front of uh, a live live TV. Yeah. You know, in in a bunch of different formats, you you eventually or however quickly you can do it, and yeah. then you can do it and you feel comfortable mm. with it. But these early experiences you're talking about, this is all just learning on the job. Completely. I mean, what, what was your sort of, um, what was your process around it? Did you <laughs> did you go home and study other interviewers? Did you do reading? Did you ask loads of questions of I, other people? Or did you just go, you know? I was very lucky because I was married to a cameraman. And a director. So you had some, and he was so supportive and so. Uh, and some insider time. knowledge too. He had yeah, inside yeah, knowledge. Yeah. He'd worked in news. He'd worked, mm. and he was very helpful. I also had incredible confidence in those days, probably a lot more than I do now. And I just really backed myself. Yeah. And I think that is a lot of. And I just knew I could do it mm. because I'd worked. Um, you know, with an American network pretending to be a reporter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and also, you know, I knew I was well-educated and I could tell stories and I just felt, I guess I just, you know, went in and just backed myself. And I think yeah. sometimes you just have to. And um, I was, you know, I guess I was lucky and I didn't muck it up. But after that, I went right back to scratch and I worked for a a really small uh, cable news station called WRNN and I did everything as a, and I got $75 a day and I shot all the stories myself with a big heavy beta cam and then I'd go back and I'd write the stories and I edited the stories by myself on non-linear editing equipment and I learned re- you know from the ground up like breaking news and then I'd have to do live crosses or it was just mm incredible training and that's mm. when I really go and then I worked 
then I worked for ABC TV in Connecticut as a reporter, and then I worked for CNN. Now, this is right across the 90s, basically. This is the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. So this is 91 until 2001 is when I came home. So I, you know, I, I sort of back myself, worked for TV3 and did those stories and then started working for Channel 7, but then I kind of went back, I feel, and learned from the ground up yeah. the whole process of being a news reporter. You've um, you mentioned a couple of highlights and thrills of being on camera uh, early on. What was the first sort of like opposite of that? <laughs> Mucking up live yeah, yeah, crosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mucking so, up live crosses. And I, I tell you, like, if I talk to any of my friends here in New Zealand, that will be their worst nightmare is when you, and we've all seen it, and it's just, it's the worst nightmare. And it, it happened a few times to me in America. And luckily, because I'd had it, you know, that's mm. when you lose, you basically go blank. Mm. I don't know if you've ever had it happen, have you? Oh, no, I can't shut up, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I have. I've, I've, I've had it a couple it's of horrible. times. A, a, a very small version of it. A couple of times when I'll be talking on radio, I'll, um, you know, I'll have, I'll, actually, I'll have a mind blank. Yeah, it's the mind And blank. I can't think of a, a song or an artist I want to mention. And and it's always very rudimentary too. It's not me mm. trying to be clever. It's like the most obvious mm. thing. It's like suddenly mm. I've forgotten that Bob Dylan wrote Blowing in the Wind. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mention every other <laughs> fucking song he wrote that people don't, you know, it's always yeah, those. So I have little, but I, but I think a lot of the time maybe people don't even notice. Mm. And it's the stuff I do is so small fry, it doesn't matter. I don't think that I've ever done something you know i'm trying to think about even like doing good morning tv Mm. i can't remember Mm. particularly no i don't remember dropping the ball big time but but i've never had to do that actual thing of like you know crossing to someone or anything like it's when you have the earpiece in right it's terrifying people have no idea what until they've done it quite Mm. how ridiculous that is well it's i mean it's when you go blank, and because my advice to the young, you know, to mm. the young reporters, where I remember when I was working in, in news, and I, because if they have one of those awful experiences when mm. they go blank, and and it's just, and, and literally, it can be so bad that the the anchors, the presenters, have mm. to just cut away. Yeah. And oh, anyway, the trick is, in my opinion, is you always have your because you know what you're going to say. You've, yeah. It's all prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you um you have your four points. And you have them on a little card, and you have them in your hand. Yeah. So that if you go blank, you can look down you and go, always oh. Always go back to it, yeah. Yeah, not, not written yeah. out. And don't yeah, rehearse yeah. too much. You don't want, you know, so those. Yeah. But that is your, you know, and I, trust me, I've had some absolute, you know. Clangers. Clangers. <laughs> but not in New Zealand. Yeah, and luckily yeah. it was in America when, you know, when I was working for a small network yeah, yeah. that no one watched. Yeah. Or if they did, they so, wouldn't have noticed because yeah, yeah. they think, what a cool accent, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Um, what else? What what else is going on over there? I mean, you you'd be pretty immersed in in the work, in that work. Are you trying to you know? Are you singing? Are you trying to get oh, that see, stuff yeah, happening yeah, yeah. as well, or are you? Just... Oh yeah, I mean, it was just oh god. When I look back and think of all that I did, but I was so ambitious then. So I was working. I, no, until I worked for C. No, even at CNN, I wasn't ever working full time mm. in, in news or, mm. or uh, television. So I always on the side had other things, and that was um, I worked at Lehman Brothers, the big investment bank, doing um, sort of like paralegal type of work. You know, because I had my business background. When I worked for CNN, I was a business produ- you know, business story producer, and I was always you know temping on the side. You know, I had to mm. you know, get 
pay the bills. But I also did, did cabaret shows in New York. I'd had, get a director and um, I had a girlfriend from Australia and we had the two divas from Down Under and we were singing. And <laughs> we, You'd do these self-contained cabaret shows, but, you know, you'd get like 40 people come. Yeah. Um, it was a place called 88s. There's a place called Don't Tell Mama. I was doing shows there. So I've always, like, kept the singing going a little bit in the background because, mm, mm, you know, mm, it was a passion. Mm, mm. And uh, so what brings you back to New Zealand? So I came back... Gosh, I came back originally, yes, it was 17 years ago, and I really, I was talking to Mark Jennings at TV3, and I thought, I was 30, how am I don't know, whatever I was, like 34 or something at the time, and um, now I'm giving away my age, and anyway, I came, I, I realised, because I wasn't actually, even though I was doing bits and bobs in the States, and I was working at CNN, and I had done a little bit of on-camera stuff, I realised if I didn't come back, it would be too late. That's mm. how I found. Mm -mm. And it is. It's completely ageist, this, particularly mm. in New Zealand. More so in America. In America, you can keep going. You have a couple of facelifts and you keep going. Mm. Here, it doesn't matter what people say. It's a fact that women, typically, once you're in your 40s, in my opinion... You're done be, and you're replaced. Well, you're repla you are replaced, whereas yeah. the men keep going. Yeah. It's, it's outrageous, but it's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah. Anyway, I thought to myself, if I don't move now... I'm never going to make it in New Zealand. And, a, and a, I mean, I did the right thing, I think. So I rang Mike Jennings because I'd been doing, you know, the old mm, things mm. with him. And I came and saw him when I came home. And it took me a good two or three years for him to... I went to see TVNZ. I tried. Mm. And eventually Mark Jennings gave me a shot. So that's why I came back. Um, and I was divorced. September 11. Oh, my God. Where... where that, where were you in that? Which side of the world were you? I was here. I just, I got, just, I came just back, got back. I came back in March and I was living right. with my father in the same house that I'm now living now and my father died three years ago. I was living with my father for the first year. I was back to get back on my feet. Mm. And I was asleep downstairs and he, I don't know why he was up because it was all in the middle of the night, but he had for some reason gotten up and turned on the television and he said, you've got to get up. You've got to get up. And so I get up and I got up to see the second plane going in and that was before anything had actually collapsed and it was still like not clear what was going on and then I rang Mark and Jennings and I said do you want me to come in it was by then like three in the morning and I went went straight into TV3 and I reported because I had the connection and I mm. worked down there mm. I'd worked in the world financial centre right next door when I worked for Lehman yeah um, and I knew so many people affected who were there who saw people falling out of the you know, jumping out of the buildings. What a shocker. But I did live crosses all that day from the airport. Because mm. where else would you do them? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not like they were going to fly me over there quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, that was, that was just a shocking time. But I really, and I still think, I mean, New York's so different to when I was there in the 90s. Not just because of 9-11, but it did take away New York's innocence. Mm. When I say innocent, something that's New York's never been innocent, but it, yeah, it it just kind of put a pall over New York that's still a little bit there. There's that, you know, now it's all gentrified and it's, mm. but people are, you know, that and the security is out of control. You know, mm. so mm. so much security now. So you end up doing TV three work. You're on the like 
I did the you, I did six o'clock news. Yeah, you did lunchtime sort of news and yeah, stuff as well. I read like, the news yeah, sometimes to yeah, presenting. Yeah, I did a lot of presenting of Nightline. You know, yeah, fill in yeah, yeah. People were having babies and things. Yeah, and that's all good. What? Oh, it's you, good. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're happy. You know that was going well. You're, yeah, it was, was going good... really well. I worked, um, and then I had my daughter, um, and then I kind of went back to part time, and then I didn't get a couple of gigs that I wanted uh, at TV Three, and I was a bit just you know a bit disenchanted, mm. and then Radio Live started, yeah. and they were looking for a newsreader for Martin Devlin. And I thought this could be good because my baby was like a year old. I wanted to, I, so I ended up applying and for that job, and I got it. I was really lucky. So for that for that year, that was twenty oh five. I worked in the mornings at Radio Live, you know, starting on godly hour, mm. and um, and that was so much fun. Like it just because it morphed into something more than just being a newsreader. Because I ended up doing a lot of. Mm. chatting you know mm. back and mm. forth with Martin and I radio is an it's the only experience I've had in radio and it's such an awesome uh media because it's medium it, because it's like smoke and mirrors yeah yeah and the best thing was you didn't have to get your face on in the morning <laughs> yeah you can go in on your trackies exactly <laughs> it's great though isn't it I, I love doing radio and yeah, I mean I only yeah. do radio as a sort of uh you know like they can't find anyone else and so you know I, I mm. go I, I do it on the, on the phone or I go in you know mm. once a month or whatever and I've I've done it a little bit over the years but I've never had a full-time radio gig but I'd love one you know it's such a great awesome. medium you know yeah it uh, is an awesome that was so fun um, Martin was so good to work with. I mean, I just really, really enjoyed that gig. But at the end of that year, my agent said they're looking for a new host for Good Morning. And yeah. I, you know, me, always want to be on, <laughs> always want to be on, yeah. on screen. Yeah. Um, and I was still working part-time at TV3 that year too, doing reporting. Mm. So I was working hard, you know, and I had a little baby. And and when this, they said the audit. And honestly, I'm a terrible Auditioner. I'm glad. Auditionee. Auditionee. And I'm probably a better auditioner. I'm yeah. a terrible auditionee. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that I, because terrible. I was going to ask you what the audition process was because mm. I was actually an auditioner for it, not an auditionee. They got me to stick around and oh. but uh, and I did not um, see or work with you or Brendan. No, because we were know. doing it in Auckland. Yeah, right. Mm. There you go. So, but I don't know who came in and worked with me, but they were obviously fucking useless and didn't get the job. So, <laughs> well, they um, might not have been useless. They might just. They might have. Had difficult someone difficult to work with yeah perhaps no, that was it no I don't know but it, but so what did what did you have to do and how was that process and how did you feel like did you think I've nailed that or did you think oh shit I'm oh. you know what I because I, I, I preface it by saying I am a terrible auditionee and I have auditioned for various things over the years and I've never got them because I'm just I, I don't know I clam up or I get nervous for some bizarre reason and maybe it's serendipity or whatever, if that's the word, or, you know. It, I nailed the audition, and I knew I nailed it. And what I had to do was I had to in, interview Mark Mitchison, the actor. And I don't know if it just flowed. Like, I had to read some auto cue. I didn't muck it up. I don't know why I nailed it, but I did. Mm. And it was just a fluke. 
Mm. I, I, I genuinely think mm. it was maybe it was just meant to be. It was highly unusual, and then I had to come down to Wellington with a, a different chap who originally they were looking at. Um, and then in the end, I got hired on my own uh, without a co-host mm. because they couldn't find who they wanted. And then one of the other researchers knew of Brendan and that's how it all happened mm. and then Brendan and I actually met in Auckland before he came down to audition right. so that we yeah. could get to know each other yeah, yeah. so it was just yeah it was yeah. quite yeah. but I was like I couldn't believe I got I, I couldn't believe I didn't make the audition yeah, off because yeah. it was highly unusual yeah. but you know it's it's really bloody hard doing auditions well like, I, I, I haven't really had had to do any but uh, you know I, I did well, how did you a, feel I, as that auditioner was it I, yeah well that was kind of stressful actually yeah. I did it well I did a screen test for Good Morning mm-hmm. and that was very strange yeah because, yeah because you know as as I've said to anyone who said uh, uh, either how the fuck did you get on the TV or or possibly or possibly <laughs> like oh yeah why don't you do more TV obviously not good enough as I've said I, I I never wanted to, you know. I never tried to do TV, but when you when you're trying to review music and someone mm. offers you a job reviewing music on TV, you figure, why not try it? Like it's it might be a better paycheck than other ones, yeah. which it actually was. Yeah. And outside mm. of that, it's just a different experience mm. and it's a com- completely different medium as mm. reviewing on radio is. So I was interested in it, and I don't really know how I got. I just got called up. Um, someone must have. It was through the newspaper, mm. you know, like someone mm. must have called the newspaper and, and asked about me writing for them or whatever. And, and so I, I did go out and do a screen test and I I, I, I would dread to see it, you know. It must have, it <laughs> well, must it must have, have been fabulous well, it must the have, job. it must have worked. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. I, did, I did get some very um, vague feedback on it. They basically said, we like you on camera and we liked your knowledge. Mm. So you, mm. you didn't, you know, you didn't totally stiffen up mm. and that. But I, I never watched back any of the very early appearances I did on Good Morning but I did have friends who told me they were pretty dreadful like it was pretty wooden and I imagine it would be um, I thought you were fabulous well that I was I'd had a year under my yeah, belt yeah, by true, you <laughs> well I was going to say we didn't we didn't actually work together a whole lot I, no, I, I mostly did it with Brendan, Brendan that's but right. we did do a few mm. and I, I've told mm. several people I always um, one of my kind of lucky breaks in life was when you asked me to help you interview the guy from Deep Purple that's right you were like why don't you sit in on this yeah you because know, just, you know a lot more than I yeah, yeah and that was cool it was yeah, just, like things like that was a great experience because you know then I was doing that's when you start to go oh cool I'm doing something a bit different from just holding up this CD and saying you know buy yeah. this buy this buy yes, mother yeah. you know um, but, it, but it was a good yeah it was a good experience but, but I you know we, we spent a lot of time talking backstage yeah. and stuff and I always enjoyed catching up with you and, and um, I also what I enjoyed from that time was you know I and I would always defend the show to anyone that would say, "Oh, what are you doing on that show? What's that about?" I know, Isn't that you know? People really love to rag it on it without, without ever watching it. And I would always, yeah. I would always say, everyone I've met that works on it, mm. like the crew, they're good people and they are hardworking and they nail it. And it's a it's a lot of work and they make it look easy. Mm. And the regulars and the hosts, they are really nice people with a lot on their plate and they nail it too you know mm. it's not easy doing because it got up to like four hours of tv or something it was it? three three hours it was a yeah. huge undertaking yeah. but you're right people people forget how much goes into that and like, also that i remember i had a boyfriend he said it's lollipop television <laughs> yeah I was like, oh, wanker 
um, got rid of him quickly. Yeah, I was just going to say um, that he would have been No, but he was so he was so dismissive of it as being flippant, yeah. uh, you know, shallow, um, you know, and, and it really wasn't because when you think about it. It, we had crossed the board. Mm. I mean, there, there was cooking, there was the political panel, we had mm. music, we had a lot of information, we had a lot of advice. Mm. Uh, we had you know, Daryl Gardner, he was just brilliant mm. on parenting. It was such a great show, in my, in my opinion. Mm. I've still never forgiven you for criticising Donnie Osmond. Though. Really? I was just... <laughs> But because he, like, many people that's always... That's right, he was, your, he was one of your oh idols. Oh, my God. Like. When I got to interview him and he signed a, a picture for me and and, it was, and Deborah Ashton, too, she was yeah. the makeup and hair uh, a stylist, and she and I was... We, we yeah. came to this hotel, actually, yeah. and we... Uh, we because he stalk him or to do the, no, no, no 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 to do because oh, right. he wouldn't come out to right. the studio because yeah, it would yeah. lower up yeah, yeah. and so he you know he didn't want to travel that far yeah, yeah. and um, so we came to him and we pre-recorded the interview and um, oh my goodness I was because I grew up with the Donnie I'm yeah, a little yeah. bit country I'm a little yeah. bit and I just found him so charming and then you went to his show and you you weren't that impressed. No, I wasn't. <laughs> and weren't there knickers, weren't there knickers thrown and oh. stuff? You even talked about the knickers. No, there was, it was, there was, <laughs> it was, it was quite a surreal experience to be at, and it was probably the start of. Um, the the sort of furious letter writing against me as a music critic, I think, probably. Was that Donny Osmond? I think That's so. Amazing. Like, maybe there'd been one or two things before that, but that was really the... Sometimes you get some vicious ones. Yeah, yeah. That was probably the start of it, and mm. and it was the start of the really funny, irrational defence from, you know, like, I remember the editor gave me a letter saying, this came from a fan, and we need to address this, and, you know, like, I'm happy for... I'm happy for reviewers to have their opinion. That's what you're supposed to have. Mm. But when so many people write in and they have points like this, and he gave me this letter, and it was a woman that said, you know, let me assure you he was good. I flew to Christchurch in Auckland to see him. And it's like, that doesn't mean he's good. That just means you're fucking nuts. Like, you know, <laughs> or what? that you think he's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same yeah, thing. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Um, you know, so, so, you know, that was, yeah, that was quite fun. But I remember you telling me off at the time. And yeah. then I, I think I said to you, well, did you go to the show? No. Right, and so, I don't even know why, because I yeah. think now, because I didn't go. It must have been something to do with my daughter, or I yeah, can't remember yeah. why I wouldn't have yeah. gone because, I mean, I'm sure we would have been invited, or yeah, at least yeah. I would have bought it. It was bizarre that I didn't go. Yeah. I mean, early start the next day, probably. No, no but you know. <laughs> I was young then. Yeah, yeah. Like 45. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a good show with a lot in it, and mm. and mm. you guys did a lot of yeah, you know, my impression, because I. Because I was only a very small part of it. I was on every two or three weeks mm. for a few minutes. Mm. But sometimes you'd hang out there for a bit longer and sometimes yeah. I'd come out and do, you know, an extra Special thing or whatever. Things, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and and I stayed on it for the whole time you were on it. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know how many years I did, but six or seven or mm. something all up mm. or maybe a little bit longer even because, yeah. But um, it was, I, I just remember thinking that you guys did a lot of different things and there was, must have been some really... Uh, kind of what am, what am I trying to say some really profound moments that happened on the show for you I mean there was a lot of frivolity there was, yeah. you know people like Lenny Henry it, pushing over the set I've never forgotten that <laughs> that was so bloody funny so he he leaned on this pillar but it was made of like polystyrene yeah. and the whole freaking thing <laughs> fell over <laughs> 
<laughs> and he could have hugged it and took it with him. That was, oh my God. And yeah, then, the, I mean, there was the famous, like, um, being hypnotised. Oh, yeah, that was, and, and coming and on to long. You, you, I was going to say, you cracked onto the chef. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always secretly had a crush <laughs> on him. Um, that was really weird because, I mean, that was a highlight. Yeah. But... It must it be was surreal to be surreal. on live TV being hypnotised. And particularly me, because I am such a cynic, and I never believed in, right. in hypnotism or anything it's not like work that. On me. Never yeah. going to work. And it was the weirdest thing. So I can't even think of the hypnotist's name. Oh, it will come to me. But the night before, because Brendan was this brilliant subject, he probably got mm. much more deeply hypnotised than I did. But I, I said to Sally Ann, our producer, I said, "Oh, there's no way they're going to be able to hypnotise me. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm too sensible." <laughs> No way. And, and, and so uh, Peter Powers, that's his name, yeah, great yeah, name, yeah. Peter Powers, he said, okay, I'll test if you can. And he took me into this room upstairs at Avalon and I, he said, I can't remember, said something, you know, look into my eyes or something. Yeah. And, and then he said, I want you to turn around and you're going to collapse. And I freaking collapsed, like right into his arms. And at what... You know, and I just thought that I, he was—he literally made my body collapse, and then but I you knew. could feel yourself going. But yeah, you, but, you but I couldn't feel stop yourself it. Powerless. Yeah, I was. Compa- it yeah. was the wow. And so it really is genuine, and you—you you know what you're doing, but you can't control yourself. Yeah. But you wouldn't do anything dangerous. It's a strange, mm. but I, it's quite genuine because. I wonder how many people are because I would I would be like. Yeah, I would go, oh, it won't work on me. Yeah. But I would never put myself in the position where it could be tested either. Like, I'd be that much more of a cynic. Like, if someone oh, okay. said, oh, well, come on, try, I'd be just like, yeah. nah. Yeah. Nah, no way. And, uh, you know, I, I guess what that says about me is I don't want someone else to be, well, <laughs> to be in control you, over me, Yeah, I you suppose, are, because you really are vulnerable. Mm. And, you know, and you can, I suppose, make an idiot of yourself. Yeah. Like, Asta couldn't be, Asta couldn't be. She too. She well, just couldn't focus to yeah, be hypnotised. Yeah, it would be like hypnotising a bumblebee or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, she just couldn't. She she wanted to do it, but she just couldn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was not going to happen. Yeah. So that was that was that was, that was fun. I mean, there were some there were some amazing moments. There were, but also some very sincere moments. I mean, yeah. you, you told some. You guys had some, you know, big, heartbreaking human interest stories. You had people that had uh, overcome difficulties, that had done inspirational, yeah, you know, things. Yeah, fundraising, um, all sorts of things. We had this amazing because uh, we did some really cool competitions. So that a, a couple of the highlights of those would be the Sir Howard Morrison special. Mm. So we had Sir Howard Morrison, and um, it was to celebrate his seventy fourth birthday, and you know it was you know, portentous because he died really soon after. Yeah. And I just, you just wonder if he knew. Yeah. Maybe even subconsciously because he just, it was the most incredible show and, you know, he brought all the singers he loved, you know, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Marvely, who I think is his niece and, and and it was just this, and her, and his three sons, you know, the Howard Morris, the, mm-hmm. and, and the he did this quartet. It was just, that was mind-blowing mm. but we had this um, other you know, the cooking show for kids and this little boy and I wonder what happened to him you know I, I was thinking about him the other day for some reason and he had cystic fibrosis which is a terrible disease and he won mm. this he won this cooking show and that was just like and his mu- you know that was that was just heartbreaking and mm. we had the little girl who came on who had that meningitis and lost all her limbs and she was just so inspirational because she was you know came onto that little platform we had and was moving around mm, when she was mm. still quite little. She's now grown up, mm, mm. 
gosh, I mean, it, it was just, yeah, it was, a, I mean, it's hard to even sort of think because it was so many shows we did, but mm. really the couple that got married, they're still yeah, married. Yeah, they're my yeah. Facebook friend. Yeah. They've got two boys. <laughs> that was crazy. The ones yeah. who, you know, we did some great shows and we did, you know. And you put yourself through some more study while you were doing it? Yes, I did. I did a master's in international relations here at Victoria soon to change its name to Wellington University mm. and I'm actually doing embarking on a PhD now in at Auckland University in a similar just at the beginning I'm still mm. hopefully going to be accepted it's looking mm. good mm. so yeah that's a yeah you know, I guess I've always been a swatty bot yeah 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 and and <laughs> And so what what happens, I can't remember, what happens to the show? They make the decision to move it to Auckland and and, and then they do an overhaul as part of that. Is that what yeah, happens? Yeah, so what, ha- well, what happened was, um, uh, it's, it's so awful to think about because I just, I'm still like raw about it because I just, you know, I was, I was so devastated when I lost the job. We get these rumours kind of... Because every year you think you're never going to be hired again because we're yeah. just freelancing, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just a year-on-year-on year on contract. And, it's and very that, stressful. And that went the whole way down. Like, I remember being... Yeah. I remember people saying to me, oh, so, yeah. will you, you know, when do you find out if you do... And I was like, oh, I don't even think the hosts know if they're on. Like, no, we don't. You know, so don't worry about me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll find yeah. I'll find out sometime after them. And you would, <laughs> and you would find out, like, yeah. oh, can you come in next week and talk about... You know, since yeah. CDs. <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay, I'll do that. And that's when you'd find out that you were back. That you're yeah. back for the year. Yeah. So it was pretty, you know, for, yeah. for all of us, it was not, uh, you know, it was never a done deal. It was mm. a one year contract. Mm. And so there were sort of inklings at the end. Of, so it was 2012, right? So 2006 to 2012. I did yeah. it six years, whatever it was, 2011, 2012. I think it was 2011, that's six years. Yeah. So there were inklings that they were going to, you know, because they were selling Avalon, so they were going to mm, move it to that's Auckland. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was just, I just, I still, I, I wish we had gone with it. Yeah. That's what we wanted, Brendan. Yeah. Well, I can't yeah. speak for Brendan. Yeah. I can't speak for Brendan. Um, but I certainly didn't want to. Well, I'm going to talk to Brendan because I bumped into him. Oh, cool. I, one time I you will, can ask. I'm sure he. Wants to so talk I will to ask. Him. I bumped yeah. into him yeah. last year when I was in Auckland, mm. and uh, mm. and he and he lives around the corner from my brother. Oh, and cool. And I was just ordering a coffee, and next thing I got this, I got this boot in the back of the leg. <laughs> Him. Yeah, and he's, I think it was when I went out for the Prince concert, actually, it might have been a couple of years ago, and uh, and he's like, uh, you know, chatting away, so he gave me his card, and I said, yeah, next time I'm up, I'll talk to you, so I will, I will ask him, but, yeah. any, but anyway, I'm sure he wanted to, too, because he actually, one thing he did say to me when, um, you know, he sort of booted me in the back of the leg, and then said, how are you, and then he goes, uh, he introduced me to someone, the yeah. guy who owned the cafe, and he said, oh, I know this guy, because, uh, you know, he used to be on the TV show with me, and then he goes to me, God, those were good times, weren't they? And he was just, you know, he yeah. almost teared up. He was just full of stories about. He's like, he's like, gosh, we had a great crew. Yeah. We no, had, it you was know, such, he was really into it. Yeah, it was just such an. I, I was thinking just now then about highlights. Another one was Ian, Sir Ian McClellan. McClellan, am I saying McClellan? I'm getting his name wrong. Yeah. When we, I did an interview with him, and it ended up breaking news around the world. When he said, "I'm not waiting around like waiting around for Godot," because that was what he was doing yeah. for them to make a decision on the Hobbit. That was huge. Wow, right. And that ended yeah, up yeah. all over the world, and we yeah. felt like we yeah. felt so you important. Yeah, 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 we felt so we felt so important. By complete. Of course, but um, yeah, that was a yeah, interviewing some of those you know, yeah. big stars that was exciting, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I say, mm. like, and, and and kind of random big star stuff too, like yeah. lead singer from Deep Purple, so 
sitting on the couch good morning with us Incredible. Is, is, is amazing yeah. you know and yeah. and uh you, there were some cool big name musicians and actors that and probably i'm guessing in some cases you sort of only found out if not on the day, then the day before, because, you know, sometimes it would be a scheduling thing. Of course. So you get to work and find out, oh, tomorrow we're interviewing Tom Jones or, what you know, whatever, someone like that. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. It, and, oh, having that live music, that was good. Because we had, you know, Avalon was a fantastic, is a fantastic mm. studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just can't replicate that in Auckland. And the way we could get, you know, the, the space that they had and to get those bands. And I remember... What, Oh, is it Dragon? Yeah. What's and and what's the guy Mark Williams who yeah. was and he they came in and it was just like oh I felt like I was at a concert except it was <laughs> yeah. seven in the morning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, but anyway, so what happened was there were inklings in twenty eleven mid year that you know they're going to sell out Avalon, they're going to move the show up to Auckland. I of course said I want to come, please, mm. you know. And I really you know fought for my case, which was we turned the show around, Brendan and I. I mean the whole crew yeah but since we yeah. had been hosts yeah. the show had been turned around we tripled the ratings it was going really well it had gone to three hours from mm. two mm. why would you want to ch- you know it's like if it's not broken don't fix it isn't mm. that what the expression mm. but unfortunately uh you know they they wanted to freshen up and that and that's fine mm. you know mm. i mean there's i don't hold anything against the new hosts because not their fault mm. but it was you know it was heartbreaking so how what do you do to to get over that to process that chardonnay yeah lots of it <laughs> yeah never make, never mix up your own order just for the people's. yeah 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 i got it <laughs> so uh oh no i was it was re- it was really hard to get rid of and yeah. to get rid of get over and i guess i sort of thought i would be snapped up i thought i yeah. you know i yeah, thought yeah. once and and that was really quite hurtful and for my ego, well, I I thought, oh well, all the offers are going to be you know, mm, the six o'clock mm. news reading or whatever. Yeah, yeah, all the yeah. offers will come in now. Yeah, someone will give me a show. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, no. <laughs> so I had to reinvent myself. Um, and you and you do. And um, you know, I had done the degree, the the master's degree, and then I. But in the end, what I ended up doing was I worked for the Swiss government for the Swiss embassy here. I had an awesome job for a year when they were celebrating their 50th year anniversary of New Zealand Swiss Swiss diplomatic relations mm, mm. and I actually produced tons of, a, a whole lot bunch of video YouTube videos uh, celebrating the relationship I did one with Winton Rufer with uh, um, Valerie Adams Dame Valerie Adams because she trained in Switzerland and and uh, we had this huge event, and it was so I sort of moved into that sort of mm. diplomacy side, mm. and then still with those skills that you know yeah. you learnt on that little TV station exactly. in the states, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Funny plus plus years yeah. of Good Morning, yeah. And I edited a magazine uh, for about four years called New Zealand Today. Mm. Uh, so I got did a lot of writing, yeah. a lot of proofreading. God, I can. I never need to. If I never proofread again, yeah, I will be happy. That's right. I did some. I did some writing for that. You, yes. you got me in to do some yes, book yes, reviews yeah, for that. Yeah. What so did that was you cool. do? Are you still doing that? No, 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 no. I didn't like the new people. Ah, oh. yeah. I, I found them difficult. So oh, okay. I just sort of. Oh, that's well, of course you t- were. Typical, yeah. typical um, thing that's happening with arts coverage. They just reduced the size of the content. You know, went yeah. from writing. You know, yeah, four hundred word yeah, yeah, book reviews a, yeah. to can you write 
about six books and you know 500 Five words, words total yeah, yeah. you know just uh, 80 words for a book review which is a sort of insulting know, really you know. know yeah so it just becomes product placement and that's not me I've never been that mm, into that mm, you know mm. so yeah that was it yeah but that was challenging because I was I did it in New Zealand, and mm. then I was in New York, and I was still trying to do it. Do it from there, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was hard. I mean, it was, you know, a lot of my job was finding people to write and, and mm. proofreading, you mm. know, doing a lot mm. of... Pro- Never needed to do a thing with yours. They were always perfect. <laughs> there you go. You were such there a good writer. There you go. <laughs> uh, so was, but that, that was fun. And then I um, d- did go back to TVNZ in, in Wellington, working on, on One News. That was... That was a, tough but exciting gosh I tell you what doing news is hard because mm. I've gone back to it now in Auckland mm. Uh, mm. and it's just I'm so not match fit and it's really you you forget it's a really tough job being a news reporter mm. you're doing you work so hard you you know you've got to find the story you yeah, get yeah. the interviews you've got to go out and you know get people to talk to you and then every right and then every fuckwit that's sitting at home that doesn't know shit judges, oh, judges oh. you on 15 seconds or 45 oh, seconds or two minutes you know and and thinks, and thinks oh they get paid heaps because they're on tv and which is don't. not always the case at <laughs> no. all yeah yeah yeah. Reader. I think yeah, yeah. Probably get paid a lot more yeah yeah <laughs> and they don't think that a whole day or several days could have gone into that tiny little story I know, and yeah. it's so frustrating yeah. because people don't realize how you know it's if things were handed to you on a platter mm. sure but and also now you have to do a lot more yourself like you have to edit it yourself mm, mm. it's you know it's just and the young ones are so good yeah and they're so fast at the yeah. editing <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember how to push oh god yeah anyway so that yeah so that's what i and then i'm doing this study and oh and i went to new york and worked mm. for the u.n for the new zealand government the new zealand mission mm. amazing job so exciting so lucky to have that job we were on the security council so i was communications advisor and worked with the diplomats and the ambassador and helped with presentation skills and then dealt with the media and i also did a bit of negotiating on the second committee of the general assembly the development uh, uh development resolutions and i just it was amazing it was mm. so exciting and frustrating working at the UN because how do you get 192 countries to agree? Almost impossible. And the Security no Council, <laughs> the Security Council, you've got five members who are permanent and they have mm. veto power. So, and you know, it's very rare Russia and the US are going to agree on something. So, mm. it's, you know, it can be a frustrating environment. But my personal opinion is having a UN is much better than not having a UN. Mm. And I've seen some amazing things that were done, and New Zealand really pulled its weight and did an incredible job. Mm. As a you know, you know, I'm out of it now, and, and yeah, yeah. you know, but it was, and gosh, you know, the bright, the New Zealand's best and brightest work for MFAT. Your um, to hear you tell all these stories, it's like this great mixture of um, getting involved in a lot of different things and having a lot of fun experiences and travel but it's it's all threaded by a lot of hard work and a lot of um Mm. a lot Mm. of throwing yourself into situations and going i'll learn on the job you know with obviously you're accumulating experiences and knowledge and skills Mm. the whole time but Mm. you're reinventing yourself or throwing yourself into new situations Mm. constantly and going Mm. well here's the new job this is the new gig yeah this is what i can bring to it plus i'll it's, it's quite um, 
It's quite exciting to hear about it. <laughs> what do you, well, don't you think? I mean, I've, I, look, if I did it, I, I genuinely think if I, I mean, now I, it's an age thing. I, I haven't got the same confidence that I had and the same gumption that I had. You know, I really did, and why I was so embarrassed. Why does that go? You look at you look at silly old fat white men, and they get more confident. They, <laughs> they achieve less. You know, mm. they achieve less as they get older, and they rest on their fucking. I mean, I know, yeah. I know. There's a whole, yeah. you know, situation where it's set up for them. And when I say them, me, because I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm already halfway there. I'm gonna get older and older. So mm. you know, I'm gonna become that. But it's better than the alternative, as they say. But uh, you know, why 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 do you think you lose the confidence? I do think that, you know, if I'm brutally honest, I do, there is ageism out there Mm. and it is targeted at women in Mm. this industry. And I find that, you know, like even just like sensitivity about the high definition, you know, cameras Mm. now, I'm like, Jesus, (laughs) God, like don't go too close when they do a piece to camera. And, you know, I'm nervous about it and I was, Pleased to hear that I don't think um, One News broadcasts in high definition because <laughs> they haven't got enough memory on the yeah. server or something. So I was like, "Oh, well, they're doing that. They're God. doing that just for you." Yeah, just. I said, <laughs> if you got a bit of Vaseline for the lens, please, a little bit of Vaseline. Um, but, so you, it, and that's the you know, and it's one of those, and it's it's outrageous when you think about it because mm. y- y- you want to. Like, none of us wants to get older for various reasons. But, you know, for women, we've got not only, you know, the body's falling to pieces, but if your face starts falling to pieces and you're on TV, you've, you know, you're very sensitive about it. But you don't want to look like one of those weirdos who has weird plastic surgery. Mm. So, you know, Mm. what do you do? Do you remember... um, Pull your hair back really tight. You just reminded me (laughs) of... um, What's it? Was it the year you guys were on Good Morning or was it the year before when mm. when they got that woman in that had had, like, you know, she was 60-odd, but she reckoned she looked 30 because she'd had so much oh. cosmetic surgery? I can't remember. I feel like it might have been the year before. And we, What did she talk about it? Oh, yeah, she no, was like a plastic don't... surgery advocate. You oh, know, no, no, I don't think it was. And I would have, yeah, I'd remember that. No, it wasn't because it was, <laughs> I'll tell you, because it was, it was, they used to pre-record it. You know, they actually yeah. used to put it out as if it was live, but it was all done the week before because oh, the host okay. was on this oh. schedule of, I think it was when Evie was doing it. Okay, and, um, yeah, she did, you know, she pre-recorded and, it, didn't she? Whereas and, we did it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got... I got asked to go out and do like two or three sets of music reviews and, um, you know, Sally Ann that would do the fashion yeah, yeah. Were, was on and then this um, and then this plastic surgery lady and I was sandwiched in between them and I said, oh, here I am in the, um, t- they were filming and they're like, this is as live, so no yeah. mistakes. And I said, oh, here we are in the toughest spot in the show. Here I am in the toughest spot in the show in between some frocks and a hard face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, cut! Oh, you <laughs> See, and on our show, you would have, they couldn't have cut it. No, I know. And I, I thought... <laughs> and we had no delay. I thought, it? fuck, I'm not coming back next week. You know, that's me done. And uh, God, they came down so and... so funny. Go, yeah, I thought, I just thought, oh, I'll throw that out there. Why not? Did and, you get in trouble? Yeah, oh, I just got a sort of a, don't do that again. I was actually quite... Slap like, on the wrist with a Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I know, but you're, you're right. It is hard. I, I do, you know, it'd be great if we can stop judging people on how they look. Well, it's ludicrous because it doesn't matter. You know, it shouldn't. But it, I, I, I get that it does. Yeah. And that, and that, 
And I was some 40 reason. when I started. wasn't a spring chicken when I started. I was 40 mm. when I started Good Morning. Mm. Well, no one would have guessed that. Uh, what, that I was 40? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, it doesn't matter, right? Like, it, it shouldn't, right? I get that mm. it does and that there's this whole mm. system that's been built up that's mm. decided and then people that would love to tell you it doesn't matter uh, are probably silently judging because they've, they're conditioned to it. Yeah. But it really is ludicrous. Mm. And, mm. Um, you know, uh, you know, then you risk the, I guess you risk, if you go, you go too far in defence of it and talk about the the wisdom that comes with age, mm. you end up sounding ageist the other way yeah. and that young people are fucking hopeless, which yeah. they're not. No, of course not. Um, but so you, good at editing. You know, so good at editing. <laughs> so quick. So fast. <laughs> Now I'm conscious of our time, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I need I to let you to go. Get, but um, is there anything? Is, is there anything we haven't um, mentioned that you want to mention, or like we've done a pretty good, quick yeah. summary of of a whole lot of shit that you've uh, yeah, well, not shit you've got, good yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah, you've yeah. jammed into your life. Yeah, and I don't think uh, and, anything that exciting other than that. And I'm really glad you made time for me because <laughs> I remember saying I, I ages ago to you, yeah. uh, you know, if, if if we ever catch up again, when we next catch up, I'd like to talk to you for this. So cool. So thanks for being available. My absolute pleasure. And you, I mean, how old are you now? Like 45. 52. Right. Yeah. You, you, I could have just lied. 45. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Nothing to say but what a day, how's your boy been?